0: Love for me has nothing to do with my performance. And, and that's something that's hard for us to um, really receive when we've never experienced it on on this earth. So um, it, it's just helpful to. He's just so faithful to reveal truth. And he wants to reveal truth in our innermost hearts. And he wants to heal our hearts. So if we just ask him, Show me what lie am I believing about myself, about you? He'll show you. And, or I'll say, You know, who's his face I putting on you, guy? because something's going on here, you know, or, or just even, God, where, where are you in the picture? Because if I'm fearful and I'm stressed, I've put him out of the picture. But we don't often recognize that. Uh, the enemy doesn't want us to recognize it because he wants us you know, to give him more ground in our lives. So that's why it's something that I wanted to expose in the book because um, I, I share that you know, the, the number one anchor for Standing Strong is intimacy with him. So... If we we're not aware of what block symptoms we do, we're not going to be able to experience it.
1: This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today on the show, we have Jeannie Nigro on the phone line with us. Jeannie, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. So I know you've got a new book called Unshaken that just came out recently. And I was wondering, what inspired you to write that book?
0: Well, Taylor, what inspired me to write Unshaken, Standing Strong in Uncertain Times, was really my own uh, experience of fear of the end times. I had a dinner conversation with someone who was supposedly – or. Sort of, I had a dinner conversation with someone who supposedly had insider information about what was going to happen in the country, and and just shared all these really scary things, and I was paralyzed by fear. So it was really from my experience of being afraid and wanting to just uh, hide out, you know, and and wait till Jesus came back, and and, and felt very scared and unprotected. That um, that the Lord really began to show me what was behind that and what lies I was believing about myself and about Him. And that's when I started to write the book, uh, just sharing what he had uh, showed me, and then from that, he just really um, led me to write on how do we stand on shaken and uncertain times, and 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 why um, why is that so important, and and how do we do that, and how do we connect with what's on his heart, and how do we grow in intimacy with him. So it developed into a book that, that he had absolutely perfect timing for.
1: And I think in such crazy times, as you described, when so many people are thinking about the end times as well, how do we shake off that fear that can really easily paralyze us?
0: Well, the first thing is we need to recognize that whenever we are fearful or stressed, there's always a lie that we're believing about ourselves, or, and usually a lie that we're believing At least one lie, we're believing about God. And so um, I share in the book how, first of all, we have to recognize that our purpose in life is not to get our to-do list done, you know, not to be perfect, all these things, but to experience intimacy with God. And Jesus died for us so that we would have intimate relationship with him, not for us to work for him. And so uh, it's recognizing how do we grow in intimacy with him? Uh, that's our purpose each day. He's only asking one thing of us, uh, that intimate relationship with him. And so we need to be aware of what blocks intimacy. And when we're aware of that fear and stress block intimacy with him, then we want to deal with it. You know, we don't want anything to separate us from that intimacy. So it's saying, what, what am I, what lie am I believing? And then recognizing that when we believe lies about ourselves and about him, we give the enemy a handle. So it's, it's obviously, ultimately a spiritual battle. And and so we need to use spiritual weapons of warfare. And that's when God shows us the lies we're believing and when he shows us that we're in fear and stress. We need to confess it as sin. Find that spirit of fear, and cancel the authority that we've given the enemy, and, and then we can hear from God, and He can heal our hearts and, and strengthen us. So that's that's one part of um, of what I share in the book in terms of how do we stand strong. It's by growing in intimacy with Him. How can we, what can we do throughout the day to do that, and then what can we do throughout the day to deal with anything that blocks intimacy.
1: I really like how you brought up the reality of spiritual warfare because I think it's something that so few of us think about because we can't see it. It's not immediate in front mm-hmm. of us. But how does spiritual warfare have a big effect on the believer's day-to-day life?
0: Oh, my goodness. There's Every minute of the day, we're in spiritual warfare. And, you know, Taylor, every minute, uh, when you think about it, every thought, every emotion, every word and attitude of our day, every single one, we are either increasing God's reign over our hearts and in this world and growing in intimacy with him, or we're increasing the enemy's reign. We're giving the enemy authority in our lives, influence, a handle, whatever you want to call it. And so when we recognize that, you know, what is un- I always say, Lord, help me to see the unseen. You know, what is unseen is really more real than what we can see with our eyes. And um, so when we, say- we recognize and say, well, you know, it's not just um, my personality or I'm not just this way because I have a dysfunctional family that I'm so fearful or I'm so angry or, you know, have a hard time forgiving, we have to recognize that, wait a minute, those things all give the enemy a handle. And I've got a choice here. Do I want to increase his reign in my life or do I want to grow in intimacy with God? And when we look at it that way, we can take our eyes off of our circumstances and off of other people and say, hey, I'm forgiving because I just don't want to give the enemy a handle here, you know. And so we've got to recognize that that is going on every Minute of the day, and, and therefore, really, with every, as I said, word and thought and emotion, we're we've got to recognize that we've got a choice, and we're not victims to it, but we've got a choice to um, use our spiritual weapons of warfare. And like I said, you know, when we're that when we feel fearful and stressed or frustrated or down on ourselves, to uh, to ask God to show us the lies and, and to confess them and and uh, use our weapons of warfare.
1: Yeah, you talked about lies, and I think that there's something that's uh, very potent in a spiritual sense about having lies on you and believing the lies that the enemy has spoken into your life. How do you Mm -hmm. recognize those lies? Like, how do you tell that I'm under the influence of one of the enemy's lies?
0: Well, you think about fruit of the spirit, and that's a good check, or... You know, am I feeling love, joy, peace right now, or am I feeling frustration and anger, or shut down, or down on myself? So that's a good check. You know, and I also um, teach that, share in the book as well. When it comes to intimacy with God, a good check is to say, "What's determining my mood right now? Is it someone else? Is it my circumstance? Is it this phone call or email I just got? You know, is it this driver in front of me? (laughs) You know, and if something else other than God and how He sees you is determining your mood." that's a good indicator that um there's an intimacy blocker and with every intimacy blocker whether it's just even being down on yourself you know um saying oh I'm such a bad mother father you know whatever it is or um feeling like you're just not worthy and and that God's mad at you and all these um these emotions that would block what I would call or what the Bible calls the fruit of the spirit joy um peace anything that robs us of of what he's really um Died for us to have what he's given us freely is um, is always rooted a lie. Because we remember that the enemy is the father of lies, and so when we're believing them, it's a spiritual thing. I use a lot of um, visuals when I teach, and and sometimes I use ropes to just to show that it's like we're giving a rope or a, ha- a handle to the enemy, and we're um, just uh, bringing him into every situation and every relationship when we're holding on to those uh, those negative emotions.
1: Do you have personal experiences that you might be able to share with the listeners about times that you've overcome lies that crept up in your own life?
0: Oh, every minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I live this out, and uh, i mean, oh, my goodness. And, well, one, as I shared with the book, I was in fear of the end times, and, and God was showing me that I was believing that I was all on my own. And a lot of times these lies are rooted in old messages that we got growing up, you know, I was alone a lot growing up, and so it's always that sense of, I'm on my own, I'm I'm, I'm unprotected, I've got to figure this out on my own, I've got to hold everything together. You know, so those are um, some of the lies. And I was believing lies about him that because it was the end times, he had kind of checked out, and he was just watching from the side and not involved in the details of my life anymore and just kind of waiting until it was time for Jesus to come back. But until then, you know, not really involved in my life, and and that's a lie. And and that comes really from you know, old lies of um, sometimes we put other people's face on God, Taylor. You know, if we've had a mother or father or authority figure that was not always there for us, we see God that way sometimes. Or if we had to be perfect to be loved, we see, you know, when we mess up, we just there's no way we can imagine that God sees us the same way as when we're perfect. Well, the truth is we're really never perfect, but... But he, um, his love for us doesn't change. It's, it's it's like fire just keeps coming toward us, or it's like the sun. It never stops radiating. His love is the same way. And he always reminds me that uh, he, he died for me knowing all the sin I was going to commit and all the mistakes I was going to make, and he still took on death for me. So um, his love for me has nothing to do with my performance. And, and that's something that's hard for us to um, really receive when we've never experienced it on on this earth, so um, it's, it's just helpful to, he's just so faithful to reveal truth, and he wants to reveal truth in our innermost parts, and he wants to heal our hearts, so if we just ask him, show me, what lie am I believing about myself, about you, he'll show you, uh, or I'll say, you know, Who's, whose face am I putting on you, God, because something's gone on here, you know, or, or just even, God, where, where are you in the picture, because if I'm fearful and I'm stressed, I've put him out of the picture, but we don't often recognize that. The enemy doesn't want us to recognize it because he wants us to give him more ground in our lives. So that's why it's something that I wanted to expose in the book because uh, I I share that the the number one anchor for standing strong is intimacy with him. So if we're not aware of what blocks intimacy, we're not going to be able to experience it. And we're not seeing ourselves as God sees us or when we don't have God's heart for other people. It's impossible to experience intimacy with him at those times.
1: That's a great point. if people want to continue to learn about this topic and check out your book, where can they do that?
0: The best place, Taylor is to go straight to my website, and that is genienyglo dot com and that's spelled j e a n n e n i g r o and there you can purchase the book unshaken. there's a tons of the resources there's c d sets available online, and I've also have a a television show called Chaletss of the Stone, and all of those episodes are. Are now available on my website, so it's a great place to go to uh, for resources to stay unshaken in these uncertain times
1: today's episode is brought to you by Jeannie Nigro Ministries. A brief glance at the headlines these days is enough to make anyone unsettled, frustrated, or downright scared of the future, but with an unwavering belief that personal intimacy with God is the number one anchor for our souls. Jeannie Nigro provides not only encouragement, but practical steps for individuals to deepen their relationship with God, as well as an action plan for what they can do now in a world that seems so out of control. Will you stand strong during these uncertain times? Her book, Unshaken, will empower you to thrive, not just survive, no matter what the circumstances. Learn how to break free from the fear, stress, frustration, and anger and hopelessness of these times. Sound interesting? You can download and try out a free chapter of Unshaken at genie slash cm. That's J E A N N E N I G R O.com slash cm. And now, back to the show. So one thing I wanted to bring up, and you brought up a little bit at the end of the last interview, uh, you have a show called Facets of the Stone, and on it, I know you've been doing a study on the Jewish feasts. Can you kind of explain a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. And one of the reasons that I love to teach on the biblical feasts is because they do draw us into intimacy with God. And um, in the last interview, I was talking about my book, on Shake, and I actually have a Entire chapter of the book of Unshaken focused on the biblical feasts and and why should we observe them and and why are they relevant in our lives today? You know why should we even care about the feasts? What how does it impact our lives today? And and I love teaching on this because there's so much about the biblical feasts. Those are the feasts of of Leviticus that uh, that God gives us in Leviticus thirty. Excuse me, Leviticus twenty three. And uh they are so relevant for today because I've experienced in my life really that from what I've learned about the feasts and and been teaching the feast and observing the feast, they tell us so much about who God is and how He sees us, and so it's really brought so much healing to my heart because it's revealed so much about who He is and how He sees us so One of the reasons that I think it's really important that we observe the Feast is because it draws us into intimacy with Him. It uh, brings healing to our heart. And, you know, the Feasts are, we sometimes refer to them as the Jewish Feasts, but they're not, they weren't designed by the Jewish people. They weren't something that the Jewish people made up, you know. They were designed by God, and He's very passionate about the Feast. And so as we observe the Feast, we are connecting with something that He's very passionate about, and that's one of the keys of growing in intimacy with Him, is that we want to know what's on God's heart, what's He passionate about, and then align our heart with His, and, and that and that way we grow in intimacy with Him. So, every time that I've observed the Feast and studied the Feast, I just grow in such deeper intimacy. It just it reveals layers and layers of depth to who God is and what Jesus did for me and how He sees me and, and how much He loves me and my identity in Him. So it's really brought a lot of healing to my heart.
1: I think that's one of the goals of almost every believer, is really growing an intimacy with Christ. And so one, thi- one thing I was wondering about then is, could you maybe give an example of one of these feasts and how it illuminates a new facet of God?
0: Absolutely. For example, I like to teach on the feast. Well, I can teach on all of them, but I have a hard time deciding which one's my favorite. But anyway, uh, Yom Kippur, for example, and that was the feast when um, I think most of us are familiar with the the high priest going into the Holy of Holies once a year on Yom Kippur. And actually, Yom Kippur was always about the national cleansing of Israel. So it was about um, their ability to be cleansed from from sin, to be able to um, go into the temple and, and, and the high priest would have all these different rituals that they, he would have to do to cleanse every single part, really, of the temple and of the sacrifice, uh, sacrificial elements and so forth. And everything had to be so perfect. And And there's a um, a teaching that I do when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. There were many different things that he had to do, and one of them had to do with transferring incense from one type of a container, let's just put it, to another, but he'd have to do it without... He's using his hands, and so he'd have to almost do it with his mouth and his body, and it's just amazing how this what they had to do. And not even one grain of incense could fall on the ground. And as I studied that, and the Lord just spoke to my heart, and he said, you know, you can go into the Holy of Holies at any time. So if such perfection is required in the Holy of Holies because God's presence was there, his manifest presence was there, what does that say about how he sees me? if I can go in the Holy of Holies at any time, He sees me as perfect. And it just was such an um, incredible healing moment for me to see how God sees me. And because sometimes, you know, we can go into, especially if we go into a new environment, we might feel intimidated or we just feel less, not as good as other people or you know, whatever the situation might be. And, and when I picture myself in the Holy of Holies and I picture myself how God sees me there, uh, it's giving me such confidence and just ability to not be shaken by um, how others see me or if um, others appear to be more together or more intelligent or more, you know, more successful. There's always someone, right? And, um, and just to see, it's, again, that identity of, of how he sees us. And, and then with Passover, I love teaching Passover that There's just a million things I could share there, but so many layers of of um, how God sees us in that, that he is a cup of acceptance, and I teach a lot about how he accepts us, you know, no matter what, and what it means to be completely accepted by him, and and there's a cup of um, deliverance and and seeing that he wants to carry our burdens for us, and recognizing that he's not a slave driver, that he doesn't put pressure on us and and put burdens on us, that he wants to carry our burdens, so... I could go on and on, but there's just so many. Um, in each of the feasts, there's uh, so much that uh, is revealed about how He sees us, that that draws us into intimacy with Him, and and that um, just helps us to see that wow, you know, He cares about every single detail of my life because all of these feasts are vi- nothing is a coincidence with God, and all of these feasts would take place at the exact perfect time. Passover, um, because Jesus revealed, or excuse me, because Jesus, he is um, the fulfillment of each feast. And so when he fulfilled the spring feasts, which are Passover and first fruits and Shavuot or Pentecost, he fulfilled them, not just on any day, he fulfilled them at the exact time of day, the exact perfect timing. And so you see that, wow, God has a perfect timing for everything. He cares about every detail, and he cares about every detail of my life. So a lot of what we learn from the feast helps to dispel the lies that the enemy would, would want to try to make us believe about God.
1: And to clarify, are you recommending that believers practice these feasts and follow them and observe them, or are you simply pointing out theological consequences of these feasts?
0: Well, Taylor, I believe that, um, obviously, observing the feast uh, has nothing to do with our salvation. You know, it's not some kind of a thing where, you know, God's mad at us if we don't observe a feast. Right. or We lose uh, lose ground with Him. I look at it more as we're missing out on a blessing. He's got a blessing for us. He designed the feast. And, as, again, they're a passion of His heart. And so it, it's like He wants—it's almost, you know, the feasts are— um, Moadim, which means appointment. And and so it's almost like he's got a special appointment set up with us. Why would we wanna miss that? You know, why would we wanna miss an opportunity to grow in intimacy with him? Why would we wanna miss an opportunity to be blessed? And uh, and that's how I think that we need to look at it as something to be excited and, and look forward to, not like, Oh, this heavy burden, I gotta celebrate the feast. <laughs> It's um, something to be like God's got an appointment with me. And the other point that I like to to make, uh, Taylor, is that we are going to be celebrating the feast with Jesus when he returns in the millennium. Uh, we learn a lot in, um, for example, Zechariah about how we'll be celebrating the feast, and specifically Passover and Feast of Tabernacles. In fact, God is so serious about the feast that he says in, in the millennium that the countries that do not come up to Jerusalem and uh, worship him and, and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles will experience drought and uh, famine and disease. And so um, he's in no rain. You know, so he's serious uh, about the um, the feast. So it's a time that we can practice now. I always uh, joke and say, you know, when Jesus comes back, I don't want to be standing on, on the sidelines going, wow, what's he doing with these feasts? <laughs> I want to be able to enter in and and uh, and you know experience it with him and know what's going on. So, uh, lots of reasons where we can, like I said, we can celebrate them now. Is that grow in intimacy with him? They bring healing to our heart, and we're practicing for the future. We're getting ready for our bridegroom. You know, our, Jesus is coming back as our bridegroom, and don't we want to know who he's going to be? And he's going to be Jewish, and he's going to be observing the feasts, and there's going to be a millennial temple. So, I love teaching on everything that would get us spiritually ready. And if we were getting married next week, we want to know everything we could about our future spouse, and we should feel the same way about Jesus.
1: Those are some great benefits to uh, observing the different feasts. Now, if uh, listeners are hearing this and they're interested in finding out more, or maybe observing it for themselves, do you have resources available on the topic?
0: Absolutely. On my website at com. that's J-E-A-N-N-E-N-I-G-R-O, com. I have a, a series, actually a CD series called "Applying the Biblical Feasts in Your Daily Life." It's a nine CD set because there's seven Levitical feasts, and then I add in there Hanukkah and Purim. And um, each CD is geared toward how does this apply to my life? You know, what can I learn from this feast um, that will help me see really who God is and how He sees me, and that will really make a difference in my life? So it's very practical based. And then also, we just finished up our uh, television program, Facets of the Stone, for this season, and we're going to be starting reruns actually in, uh, next week on NRB TV, and that's on Direct TV channel uh, 378, and also on nrbtv.org. And uh, there's 13 shows, and each one goes into a different feast and and talks about the feast and how just the main themes of the feast, and and each one is really really powerful and drawing us into intimacy with God. And, and that's part of that whole standing unshaken. We've got to connect with what's passionate, what he's passionate about, and, and that's the feast, and so we grow in intimacy with him. And uh, so each one uh, could, would be a great resource to watch, and those are all available on my website, or you can watch it on NRB TV.
1: That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your heart. We really appreciate hearing from you on this topic.
0: Absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having me, Taylor.
1: We've enjoyed having you. Would you mind closing us out with prayer?
0: Absolutely. Lord God, we just thank you for this time. And I pray that everyone listening, would their hearts would just be drawn to you and that they would receive a special touch from you today, special word from you, just that they would know how intensely you desire them and how you desire intimacy with them and that you just want to be with them and pray that they would just um, have a new revelation of your love for them and your desire for intimacy with them, and that you would also begin to show them any lies they might be believing that would be blocking them from intimacy. So my prayer is is, um, that we would all grow closer to you today, and through that we would be unshaken, no matter what happens around us, that we would be solid and um, unshaken in you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Jeannie Nigro on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berklin, and thanks for joining us. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN.